Good morning. This is Darrell Gunter, your host for leadership on WSOU 89.5 FM and streaming on the net at WSOU.net. Well, for my fiction friends, I have an author uh, who has written three books, but today we have in our studio, Miss Joyce Black, who is the author of Trap and Deception 2, Finally Free. Joyce, welcome to the program, and thank you for joining us from Chicago yeah, in, yeah. Our, in our virtual studio. And I'm so happy to talk about your thoughts on leadership, but also about your, your new exciting book, Trapped in Deception 2, Finally Free. Before we jump into Trapped in Deception 2, Finally Free, um, could you share with our audience a little bit about the highlights of your education, career, and experience? Okay, education, um, have a bachelor's of science in criminal justice from Chicago State, also an MBA, master's of business administration, and my career started in banking. I began in banking and stayed there 16 years, um, seven years in teleservices, and the other years were in international banking, which is imports and exports, letters of credit. And with that, I was able to travel and while I worked in Dallas, I also worked in Florida for two and a half, three years, also in, in the banking industry. And from there, I went into retail management and that was different. It was also helping people, but it was a, a much different area of retail, not like banking. But with that, I was able to work with a lot of diverse individuals. I was able to see a lot of different people daily, encounter a lot of different situations. And it gave me a broader view of what people need, the help they're looking for, and how I can assist. Wow. And now, currently, I'm in local government and an author. So. Oh. What are you doing in local government? Local government, again, helping people. I am at a township and we actually help people that need assistance with staying in their home, help with paying bills, um, social services, basically. And it's, and it's even right now where the building is closed, but we are busy because we're still helping. We're helping by phone and fax and mail so there's the need out there. So I feel like I'm in the always in the right position, step by step. Yes, yes, yes. And it's and it's really when when you're helping the community, you, you're doing God's work. You know, mm -hmm. helping those Definitely. who who need assistance, which is great. Mm -hmm. Now, you are a graduate of the famous Limboom Limboom Math and Science Academy in Chicago. Yes. So. As you know, my wife, Deb, one of your classmates, mm -hmm. famous, she educated me about Limbloom. So what was, what was so special about Limbloom and the students that attended it? Okay, Limbloom was special. My sister also attended, so she had hyped it up before I attended. But Limbloom is on the south side of Chicago, and it's in an area where you wouldn't expect a school of that I would say caliber to be because you have to take an entrance exam to attend. And once you're in the school, 
you have students there that work hard to thrive. And, and their main thing is college prep, math and science. Well, that's the title now, Lynn Bloom Math and Science Academy. But the students there, at least 85% attend college and finish. So it's very competitive, a very, they didn't play when I went there. I mean, you went to class, you finished and you graduated and you went on. Everyone, it's like you said, goals. They had, um, they had a day there where they would have business people come in and actually, you know, talk about the businesses they do and, and where they work. So you career days. So we had career days every year. It was just, it's not something you see at most high schools. So it was a great experience and it prepared you for the real world. It prepared you for college. You know, so banking, government, mm -hmm. now uh, this is your, your third book, if I understand correctly. What mm -hmm. prompted you to become a fiction writer? Uh, I, I'd say education. Um, it's, it began in elementary school, but in high school, we had a class called, it, it was an English class, expository writing. And I fell in love with reading the books and beginning to write. We had to write a paper and present it in front of the class. And it opened up my mind and, you know, areas. I've, I've written, I had read many books before, like, you know, childhood books, princess, you know, things like that. But once in high school, we read books that I would have never chosen. You know, James Baldwin, Richard Wright, people that, you know, I had never thought to look at in an author. And that opened up me and made me realize I had a story I wanted to tell. I, I made up stories as a child, but I didn't write them down till after high school. I started writing and journaling because it gave me a release to some of the creativity. And so as a writer, what is the lens that you aim to, to show the reader? What, what is it? What type of insights are you trying to provide the, the reader ab about your your topic? And we're going to jump into your topic in a little bit, but I'm mm -hmm. I'm curious as to, you know, as as you're as you're doing your research and, and your writing, um, how are you? What are you thinking about that you want the reader to come away with? The lesson, a lesson. Um, my main thing, my books are about choices that's the when i look back at my books and when even when people ask me why did that was a good book you know and they'll mention that and i said it's because of choices we, we deal with choices every day and the lens i wanted to the reader to see that i was trying to portray is every day you have a choice when you wake up am i gonna is this gonna be a good day or a bad day will i go to the store there will i go straight home how will I behave at work? Will I help more people or will I slack off and just ignore the phone? Every day is a choice. You have to choose when you wake up, what type of day it's gonna be. And in the book, I put scenarios for choices, the choices that were made and then the consequences of the choices. Now, the, the characters uh, in your book, um, mm -hmm. are they somewhat 
autobiographical or uh, or some some family members. Um, well, <laughs> I don't want to get you in trouble now. No, no trouble. Um, I have encountered a few. I mean, I sort of see a couple of characters that are close, but most are people that I have met growing up in the city. I have met a lot of different diverse people at work, school, college, and the characters are a mixture, a combination of, of some of the people I've met. None, none are exact because I don't want, you know, I try to add my own twist to it. So, yeah, okay. but there, it's not autobiographical, but it is sort of familiar. Okay. I'll put it that way. The characters okay. are familiar. Yes. And uh, before we talk about your, your new book, Tramp and Deception 2, Finally Free, um, could you set the stage with your, your previous book, uh, Trapped yeah. in Deception? Is this a continuation of Trapped in Deception? Yes, it is a continuation. So tell us um, about Trapped in Deception first, and then we'll jump into Trapped in Deception 2. Okay. In Trapped in Deception, there's um, the main character. She is in her second year of college. And the first year she lived in the dorms with the roommate. The second year she's decided, and uh, with the agreement of her parents, that she can move into their rental property. And she could stay there. It's close to the university and it's vacant now. And she gets set up to stay at the rental house, but of course it's her parents. She wouldn't have to pay rent just for convenience and a sense of independence. She feels she's old enough to be on her own. And one thing that her parents insist on is she has to take the family three dogs with her, the family's three dogs for security, for safety. And just so they know, they feel she's more safe and secure instead of being completely alone. And in, <laughs> in her, after her move and she's in college, she encounters some new people she didn't meet the first year. And this is where it sort of picks up when she meets, you know, a few different people and the issues that she encounter. And, you know, not all, not all are bad, but a few that stand out. And then it's continued in the next book. Okay. And so Entrapped in Deception, was it, is it trapped in the session in, in regards to uh, several different decisions or does it relate to a relationship decision or a job decision or mm. a career choice decision? Okay, it's a relationship decision mm -hmm. because she's young, she meets the guy and she likes him, you know, and he seems okay, but she, she realizes that he has some issues and, you know, she's not used to dealing with, but, you know, she's willing to try to work with him and, you know, be a friend. And she also has other friends at school that she studied with. And, you know, she has a family not far away. And her, the reason I placed her there and also her family members close by is they, they are faith-based and they attend church together on Sundays and, you know, it's just, 
I wanted to show that you can still be on your own and you can still decide to stay close to your family. Just because you're a young adult don't mean you totally, you know, dismiss your family and go wild. And I've placed her close by where she can still visit her parents and continue to communicate. And, you know, just not the norm, but not completely. Um, it's, it's a real person. I mean, I know people that are still close to their parents, even now, and they have been that way because they, they, it's, it's a caring thing and it's a closeness that the family has. And that's what I wanted to show. And there's also other characters that are single parents, you know, you know, people in the book and, and some have good relationships and then a couple don't. So, you know, I, I was just trying to be a little more diverse and showing how just working with the different scenarios and her, Sharon being the main character and how she deals with the encounters. Now, with deception, sometimes we can deceive ourselves or we can be deceived by somebody else. Mm -hmm. uh, within, within this, the first book, Trapped in Deception, was it a little bit of both? That she, maybe yes. she wasn't being honest with herself about, as Maya Angelou would say, when someone shows you who they are, believe what you see? Yes, yes. I, I believe that in the first book, when she was deceived originally, she felt she should have known because of the previous behavior. And then there was also a deception on the deceiver's part where he felt, he felt um, that he was being misrepresented because there wasn't deception on his part. So there was like, a, there was mixed signals from him to her and she felt deceived. And because of that, yeah, it's, so I'm curious, um, in your first book, how sh does, does, does Sharon confront the, her, her friend no. with the deception? She doesn't get a chance to, it ends. Okay. It ends with the deception. And the second book picks up and you find out what happens. Ah, the sequel, yeah. the sequel. <laughs> But, yes. but in, in practical terms, because, you know, you are a person who wants to educate to help people um, mm -hmm. for, for them to, to, to learn. Mm -hmm. In the first book, what are some of the signs that you feel that, in, in, not in your book, but in real life, that people ignore, especially when, you, when, you, when you're talking about a, a woman who might be in a a, a verbally or physically abusive relationship. Mm -hmm. You know what? What are some of the, the the signs that they should see, and what are some of the things that they can do to break free of that? Okay, some of the signs are usually immediate in a relationship when a person acts. You know, they decide to say something rude, and you accept it and. Do don't actually call them on it right then. That's one. If they continue and you again accept it and don't call them on it. And then later after <laughs> it's been a while, say a few months or even a year and it happens again and then you're upset. It's like, well, think back. 
it happened really early in the relationship and you ignored it. And when it happened again, you ignored it. So the deception is when you notice something and you refuse to address it right away, or you accept it, even though it's something that hurts you or it's something that tears you up internally. It doesn't have to be physical. It could be an emotional deception. It could be an emotional scar that affects you. And a lot of people deal with it until it's out of proportion, it's blown up and it's sort of too late or it's hard to get away at that point. Ladies and gentlemen, we are here with Ms. Joyce Black, who is the author of Trap and Deception 2, Finally Free. And if you just joined us, well, you got to catch the podcast to catch the beginning because we were talking about her first book, which is uh, Trap and Deception. But before we get into Trap and Deception 2, how can uh, folks reach out to you? How can they contact you? But also, how can they purchase your book? Okay, they can purchase the book by going to my website, which is uh, JoyceBlackBooks.com forward slash T2. And that's the new book. And they could also find me on Amazon, Joyce Black, and just look up Trapped in Deception. And there are two different books. And also, you do also have that other book, uh, which gives instructions on writing, correct? Yes, start to write now. Yes. That's also on there. They can look on the website. And I also offer this book. It's it's actually reasonable. And it takes you from chapters one through 10, how to write a book and finish it within. Take your time if you have the book. You don't have to do it in 10 weeks. But all the instructions are here and you can go as far as up to about to be editing, edited for your book. So you can do the whole process. All right. Okay. Yeah. So now let's talk about Trapped and Deception too. Um, okay. What was your motivation, of course, to do the sequel? Because of course the first book ended mm-hmm. and, and, and now Sharon is at her, is, is Sharon at a crossroads? She is sort of at a crossroad because right now she's she's feeling confused because she's sort of like the guy. They had a few issues. She, in her heart, forgave him and was wishing him the best, but then this happened. So now she is at a point where she just wants to get away and really think about what she's going to do concerning him because there's fear there now, there's fear and undis- indecision, there's indecision. And let's talk, about, let's talk about that indecision. Mm-hmm. Why is there indecision? What, what is it that is keeping her there versus moving on with her life to a, 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 a better life? Okay, I'm, well, the character, the way I wrote Sharon, she cares and she wants to help. So because of the nature of her wanting to help and care about this person, his name is Carl, um, because she wants to help Carl, she can see that he's hurting. You know, he's hurting and therefore she wants to help. She talked with him. She sees he has a, some issues at home and I think the hurt she feels is because she just wanted to help and then he hurts her, she thinks, you know? Mm. So 
this is that's the indecision she had about not being his friend. She wanted to to maintain the friendship at a distance. She said, "Okay, I'll I'll still speak to him and be nice, but that's it." You know, because of how he behaved. So, indecision was because of the hurt, and she didn't know what how he would react again. But was she concerned about her physical well-being in addition yes. to her mental well-being? She was concerned at one point, briefly. She wasn't terrified, but she was a little concerned because mm -hmm. of something he did. He did grab her arm once mm -hmm. and hurt her, but she wasn't alone. She was with her sister and friends, but she remembered that and, you know, it's not acceptable. You know, her sister even told her. That's never acceptable. Right. Abuse, physical abuse. So. so she she involved her, confided in her sister. Mm -hmm. And, you know, sisters, they don't play, you know. No. Sisters don't play. Now, does she have to confide in her parents? She did not. I don't think she can. She did not confide that in her parents because she told her older sister who was there with her. Mm -hmm. And they decided that. This was it. No more. No more talking to him. You know, they'll just, she'll leave him alone and just hope that he does better, hope he gets better. But that was basically, she did not share that with her parents. Why do, why do we as human beings in, 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 in the nonfiction world, why, mm -hmm. why do we hold on uh, to these type of toxic people who ultimately might kill us? Exactly. I don't know. You know what? I think as people, normally we think we can help them. We think we can fix them. But no, if they're toxic, that's who they are. They have to fix themselves before they get in the relationship. Yeah, we think, I don't, I know. I have met, yeah, toxic people. And, and I keep saying, well, they'll be, they'll change. They'll be different. They'll be nicer. And I'm, I'm usually the one walking away disappointed because they don't change. And I have to realize what you see is what you get. Like Maya, Maya Angel, like the quote you said in the beginning. Yes. So no, we can't fix people. They have to go through the process and fix the broken things in, the, in themselves before they get into a friendship, a relationship, a marriage, whatever type of union so that the, the innocent person isn't hurt. So, I, I, you know, I'm not going to ask you about how the book ends because I want people to be intrigued to go out and, <laughs> and, and, and purchase your book. Um, okay. but, but I'm curious, are, um, are you going to do an audio version of your book? Yes, yes. I, I sort of did an audio version, but I lost my computer crash and I lost it. It was oh. never published. I know it was. I lost a lot on that com that computer. It was last year, the the almost end of last year. So yes, there will be an audio book of book one and also book two. And um, it seems to me that there's a natural partnership where there's a lot of groups that are out there supporting uh, women who are abused. Mm -hmm. um, have you have you considered or have you 
um, to lecture to uh, these groups ab about the character Sharon and to have that open discussion ab about mm -hmm. choices. I have not, but that is a great idea. I have not thought of that. Well, I, I all the wonderful that. things that I've heard about you from Deb, it Thanks. seems to me that that would be a very, very natural next step. Thank you. I Wait. am writing it down. Okay. All right. For you to have your own personal ministry uh, yes, to do that. I would definitely. I would I would enjoy that. Because because being in social services, I encounter women needing shelters, needing assistance for them, the children. Yes, that would wow. Yes, thank you. That's a great idea. And by the way, do you know uh, Pastor Michael Neal? Michael Neal. He went to Little yes, Room too. Yes, 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 yes. I know him. Yes, yes. So, you know, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm having a call with him uh, in a couple of days to mm -hmm. whatever whatever I can do to help his ministry. But mm -hmm. it seems to me that that be a, a, a natural, you know, because yes. he he has his life center there, um, right? To to talk about your your book and to talk about those choices. Right. Exactly. That sounds great. I will have to reach out. And we're friends on Facebook. There you go. Yes. There you go. Thank you. Oh, I'm writing this name down. You know, because I was looking at my next question, and 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 I and I know the answer, but I want my listeners to hear this. What is the main message you want the reader to get from this this book? I think we might have, you might have frozen. I'm here. Okay, you're back. We lost yes. you there for about 20 seconds. <laughs> oh my goodness. I have Xfinity. This should not happen. Okay. okay. So no worries. So let me ask that question again. Um, okay. what I don't do you, see you. It's okay. What do okay. you hope the reader will get from this book? I hope the reader will get from the second book or the first book? Both of them. Well, Both I guess. Of them. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. The right to sit back and think of a choice before you make a, a, any decision. Before you make any major decisions, think about the choices you have. Nothing is so important that you have to rush into it. There's always a choice to do the right thing or do the wrong thing. And choices matter especially in life now. I mean, if you, if you decide to go left and you should have gone right, it could be a disaster. So everything is, is with choices. And lessons learned, right? Mm -hmm. And so uh, what is next on your literary agenda? The next thing I am working on basically are short stories. I've started a few short stories, um, family, family short stories. 
I just can't get away from the family, writing about families, but um, some short story fiction. Okay. Again, one, one book is science, sort of science fiction, but the rest are just regular short stories and then some children's books. And um, have you thought about um, trying to see if your literary works can be turned into a uh, film, TV? You know what? Someone asked me that and, and I had never thought of it. Um, I could definitely see a short film, definitely. A short film with Sharon and the things she goes through. Yes, definitely. I could see it. Very okay. doable. Very doable. All right, Netflix. Um, you know, <laughs> yes. It's Joyce Black, Trapped in Deception 1 and 2 is available. Yes. yes. <laughs> It is. It is. So be, before we go, believe it or not, we're, we're out of time, but I'd like to always to give my guests the, the last word. And if you could take 30 seconds uh, just to share with the audience what you um, hope that they get from Trapped in Deception too. Okay. Well, I would hope that the audience knows that no matter what position you're in, you can, you have the choice to be a leader and in whatever position you're in, whether you're in school, if you're at work, in a situation where someone may need help, you can decide to take the lead and assist them to give them advice to help or just to, you know, encourage. Sometimes encouragement goes a long way and, and it does not have to be monetary. You can help in many ways. You can give someone information that can assist them. So. That's what I want people to walk away with in Trapped in Deception. You can always choose to change. Well said. Thank uh, you. Joyce, I want to thank you for coming on our show. Ladies and gentlemen, we are here with Miss Joyce Black, who is the author of Trapped in Deception 2, finally free. Again, we want to thank you for coming on our program. You're welcome. And thank you for having me, Darrell. I appreciate that. You're very welcome. Ladies and gentlemen, that wraps it up on this episode of Leadership with Darrell Gunter on WSOU 89.5 FM and streaming on the net at WSOU.net. I want you to have a great evening, great weekend, but always remember leadership begins with you. <laughs>